Well, it's the dynamic duo, we'll be back again. Nothing back with DJ, you better pack it in. You're lacking sense, trying to tangle with us. Scoop of a big black booties in the back of the bus to smack you. You're stealing your lunch, money for such. Ready to feel like just a touch. Only by the end of the day, that's understandable. What can I say? You got strong man to be. Mind, mind, That's more detail than I needed. It's just about to flood. He's wet like Steph Curry's jumper, because he's been out in the rain as well. <laughs> well, of all the all the ways that sentence could have ended, it could have been a lot worse. So, yes, and many of them have here on the Bulls podcast. Uh, I'm Doc. He's Bezo. He's back from rep duty. Hmm, that was quite enjoyable. And uh, turns out I. I take uh, take representing the Philippines a little bit more seriously than what I initially thought I would. Well, <laughs> did get did get sent you don't for want a little to, it time. It might not be your flag, bin. but you don't want to fucking embarrass it. No. Um, yeah, no, it was good fun. Good fun to run around in the torrential rain last weekend and again this weekend. Um, La Nina, what even is it? At least you don't have to worry about filling your pool. Yeah, I was going to say, the, the years of me having to pay large chunks of money to, you know, truck drinking water in makes me never never mind about having to spend a weekend just lying around in bed watching the rain fall out of the sky, put it that way. Yeah. So, is it, I guess we, we had at least one day of games to... Um, Massively overreact to. I suppose the biggest the biggest massive overreaction we could make is that, um, like the like the uh, the English Premier League, the Bulls podcast wins pool is back on. It's a oh, thing really? again. <laughs> Doctor Yobo <laughs> f- played five ninety three one three fifteen. John Beasley played five ninety three one three fourteen. Holy mackerel! Is that all the Celtics? That's all the Celtics, and it's and uh, you know it's it's. Yeah, there's various things going on there, but yeah, it's almost entirely Celtics, Raptors, some other stuff. And Adam right. uh, played five ninety four one two sixty one. So um, we know who's uh, we know who's getting the first pick in the draft next year. <laughs> well, I quite like like you know, uh, fantasy is like a, a little bit too much effort for me, and I've got to think every week. And all, yeah, all once that, you get old, but- it's impossible to get triggered anymore. You have no fantasies left. Fantasy is being able to, you know, being allowed to sleep in on the weekend, and well, we, you know, someone fun, to bring fun, you a bacon buddy. Funnily enough, I just did discuss that with my children. I'm like, because uh, we have like a, you know, fa- family meetings. You can pick pick the uh, researcher in our family, like setting agendas and stuff at at fucking dinner. Researchers um, agendas, lab meetings, people serving agendas <laughs> in lab meetings. I've never heard of that before. And uh, so, was, do you want to put anything on the agenda? I'm like, yes, sleep in. Can I have one tomorrow morning? Who, who, which of you three are not going to bother me at 5 a.m.? Who's going to bring me a coffee? 5 a.m. is not a sleep in. That's not good. Hey, um, I, was it, thinking, I was thinking, is, are the Nuggets karma for, for Mike Malone having to coach the Kings for two years? 
if if I was a coach, right, I, I couldn't imagine, imagine a situation that's better short of being handed like a, a super team. You know, like if you're just a a workman like coach and you said, look, here's a here's a genial superstar with a sense of humour who can do things that literally no other centre has ever been able to do. Have fun with that. Like, I don't know. I'd, I like to think that, that Malone is getting um, rewarded for having to put up with Vivek and, and Boogie Cousins pouting his way through defence for however many years. Well, he's only there for a year and a half, wasn't he, before he got fired like all Sacramento coaches do. They're only the sixth seed and they've been six in for their last ten. What are yeah, we but talking about here? I mean, uh, th- that's not as good as they were last year. I mean, obviously no, no, they're no, but a few I, bits. But well, I, I, I'm saying that ha- having Yo- like having Jokic as your best player as a coach, like but a six seed in this year's West is nothing to be sneezed at without two of your three best players. Uh, I, I think that's a pretty good job. Mm. It, it, nice things should happen to him, but you know, given that he also prefers to be called Michael and gets upset if you call him Mike, um, <laughs> he might be a tad precious. The, uh, there's some, there's some real fascinating. Um, like uh, th- things that could happen as the finals come in where people are going to tank furiously or try and win furiously to get better matchups. Like if, if the Nuggets get. Which is insane because, I mean, so much stuff is out of your control, particularly over in the East where the, there's no, like, there's like one game between the top 47 teams. Well, and, and that's where you might really see it. Like if the Nets suddenly come good or. Didn't come good today. <laughs> no, but. You know, it's 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 a little bit like t- two blokes holding up a, uh, you know, a barn door, knowing that the you know the reinforcements are, <laughs> are yeah, it's are, Seth are Curry in and, the next <laughs> yeah, Seth, Seth Curry and and Paddy Mills are sort of you know trying to hold hold off while they're waiting for the cavalry to turn up, and they might yeah. turn up faster than you think because the new mayor of New York, um, a dude from New Jersey called Eric Adams, uh, who. Is from the Boris Johnson school of he never said no to an idea that might win him votes. He's very keen to peel back the um, the vaccine mandates, uh, which would mean uh, your boy Kyrie Irving might be able to play more than eight out of the remaining twenty three games uh, at, at home. Uh, sorry, of the of the net season. So you know the 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 two form teams of the Eastern Conference at the moment are the Celtics and the Raptors, and which, which is how we get to being three fifteen, three fourteen in the. The and they're six and seven. So if the if the Nets suddenly come good, you could have like the three form teams in the Eastern Conference being six, seven, and eight, just roaring home. And and you're the Bulls, and you've got, all of a sudden got to face the Nets with KD and a and a rejuvenated Simmons and Kyrie playing every game. It just but I think as I, I think as I said to Adam, uh, then then they're not going to stop there. They're, they're they'll probably end up being they could be one, two, and three because the gaps aren't big enough. Yeah, I mean, Miami, I, have, I Miami and, and Chicago have a bit of a gap on Philly and Milwaukee, but yeah. um, it's not enough. Even even with you know twenty to twenty two odd games left, it's not enough. That they'd all have to sort of keep winning at roughly the same pace, and you would think that one of the Bulls to the Cavaliers is going to have a little dip here. Well, somewhere. the Cavs are already five hundred team; they're on a three game losing streak. So I think yeah. the Cavs' a little adventure is about to come to a slightly sticky end. Um, mm. Just in time for LeBron to get himself shipped out there <laughs> with his, his forty third best prospect in the in the in the in his class uh, son of his. Wasn't that a fascinating, fascinating, uh, like c- 
control of the narrative week. Like there's this huge gap between. He's, except, he's much better at that than he is at basketball. <laughs> at the moment, yeah. Well, he's. I mean, he's la- he's rapidly approaching the kind of luxury Westbrook end of his career, where you know he's putting up ridiculous numbers and making absolutely no fucking impact or winning. Yeah, the thing is though that he 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 could absolutely like everyone's sort of joking about. Oh, you know, he'll be a bench player for Bronny's team, but he could absolutely do the Chris Paul thing where. Well, that'll be more than Bronny is because Bronny will be in the fucking G League affiliate. <laughs> That's right. I'm not being mean. He's yeah. not a good prospect. And, and you know, they say, oh, he's the 43rd best prospect in, in his high school class. What, what that mm. actually means is it's very rare for anybody outside the top 10 of any particular kind of year ranking to even become established in the league. So the only way this, this kid's going to become established in the league is because he's dad. Um, yeah, well, I, d- I, mean, I do wonder about the age that, of like- nepotism and file sons, but I mean, the, 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 I would not want to be him because he's got so much pressure on him, and 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 you know he's probably not going to succeed, and that's going to be grim. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if he goes ten in the draft, right? Surely he's got to know that that's try, try ten. 30. No, try no, but like seven. But he might he might go ten in the draft to someone like OKC that wants to get LeBron to come and OKC play will there never for have a. Dr- I guess he'll never have a pick as low as ten. What are we talking but, about? Or that they might. It might be their second pick. It might be a pick from like the swap that you know yeah. the second one that they get, and they, and they're like, well, we'll also, just throw also, away. Sam Presti is is as much of a genius as LeBron thinks he is. He'll never fucking pick Brody. <laughs> I, I, Nobody personally, will. Personally, I want Sacramento to pick Bronny. I want LeBron James. I to think have Sacramento to play suffered enough to have to play for the Sacramento. The king. The king playing for the Kings. Um, is lovely. I mean, Bronny's grown up in California, so Sacramento's just yeah, it'd be Pop's like you moving. Jump. It'd be you know, it'd be like you moving to somewhere like Toowoomba. It'd be you know, you're still in Queensland. What do you want? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a way better analogy than I thought it was going to be. And Emily, that his his second kid is a the much better player, and it's B Bryce. is getting no attention at all, and will probably have this huge chip on his shoulder that. You know, he might be the um, he might be the Lamelo to the. It's probably, uh, uh, and he's uh, lucky the, in that his dad will never be. There's no way that yeah. his dad will be young enough to be able to play with him, so he doesn't have to that's worry right. about that bullshit at any stage. Though his dad might own a team by that stage. Yeah, he that's might, probably more uh, likely. His dad will own the fucking Lithgow Shamrocks and and draft him. <laughs> uh, that feels like tampering. I'm all down for. Um, the Sydney Kings getting Bronny and the Rising Stars. Well, what's it called? The next, next. Does that mean Andrew Bogut is is owning something? Because I don't think Andrew Bogut should be in charge of things. <laughs> I don't think he has any opinions that need to be shared. <sighs> so the, the the Timberwolves are the are the other one that are a little bit frisky in the Western Conference. Yeah. Um, Beat the Grizz today. Yeah, and and seven and three in their last ten have beat a couple of decent teams lately. Don't look like the old Timberwolves that would just fold fold at the slightest bit of decent pressure. Um, it was lovely to oh. see um, uh, Cat get the, uh, the three point shooting contest mm. um, on the weekend, on last weekend. But but I guess that the the big one in the West is you know if you were if if you get the the one or the two seed and the Clippers get Kawhi and Paul George back with their scrappy bunch of guys that seem to win games. For 
oh, like well, you, you look at the t- you look at the talent disparity and you're like, how the fuck did the Clippers win that game? But they just keep chipping away. We need to be realistic about this. Phoenix are going to get the one seed because they they just yeah. got they're so far ahead of of the Dubs, and then the Memphis are a fair way behind in third. Yeah. Um, Minnesota are affirming is seven, which is handy because that gives you the second chance. It's a little bit like being one or two in the regular season in in rugby league or AFL, where yeah. you, you play the preliminary. If, final if, if then, you have that, if you have that one crap game, you, yeah. you're not sort of not sort of doing all the hard work and then yeah. shitting the bed with one bad game. Yep, yeah, for sure. The Lakers don't feel like they're going to. I mean, the the only thing saving the Lakers is that nobody is coming screaming up behind them. It's not like <laughs> San Antonio or New Orleans or the Kings are making any kind of. The Kings did have a little a little burst of of you know Sabonis led activity, but they they've lost three on the trot and they haven't been. I mean, they haven't they've been playing easy teams, but uh, it hasn't really worked. Uh, which is which is the, the Sacramento Kings story, really. It well, there's two things here. One is the, the Trailblazers responded from that frisky little. Five-game run by shutting down Nurk for the rest of the season, yeah, just, I, just to be sure. Um, it's so, just a shame because they they looked really good. They look. I was um, Anthony uh, Anthony Simons has really he has leapt straight up to uh, CJ levels of performance, um, levels of output, and CJ levels of defense, which is none um, since CJ got traded. But yeah, the the. Fuck it's, it's it's just so fucking grim the blazes it's 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 a really good time to be off that fucking narcotic. It's funny how the Kings are aside trying desperately to make the plane and doing all that they can and are, are hyper focused on winning, and the Thunder are basically like we're developing everybody. We're going to throw some wacky shit out and we'll and and you know Shay Shay's just got to look at a at his wrist. <laughs> Like it might be sore, and we'll see him for four games, and there are only three games difference between them. Um, and I just feel so optimistic long term about the Thunder than I do about the Kings. Uh, the Pelicans look. The Pelicans are weird because they actually have a pretty good sort of two to six now. If you could, like, if you could mentally delete the idea of Zion Williamson from the from the universe, yeah, you would say the Pelicans have got you know prospects. They just have to you know. Like they have to draft well and, and find a star, and they'll be fine. But the problem is they had, they did draft well, and they drafted Zion Williamson, and yeah. that hangs over the whole fucking the whole franchise like like a like an axe because well, no, it, it's not really only, unclear whether he wants to be there or whether even if, even if he did want to be there, whether he'd be capable of playing basketball long term. Not, not even the franchise, but the whole CBA and the league, because the owners can't be thrilled about you know a small market team getting the number one pick and the guy basically not like he's deciding he, to torpedo it like by not i mean they've put all of these um if you're not familiar with the kind of the contract minutia the the first cup the, the first deal and then the second deal uh for these high end draft picks is designed to throw so much money at them that there's no prospect of them legitimately thinking fuck it I'm going to decline it and I'm going to try and test free agency it, it, yeah. It's basically so that so that these crap teams in small markets, when they get a when they draft a superstar or a potential superstar, they've got a chance to to hang on to them and they don't lose them to New York or wherever. But Zion seems to be so unenamored with New Orleans that he might yet decline the 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 major extension that normally kicks in at, at the end of the third year, 
and and you know just basically sign one more year and then and then fuck off and become a free agent. Well, like they've given up to the point where they're not even putting him on season ticket. Yeah, promo material. It's like, but if you were Zion and you had the injury history you've got, mm. wouldn't you want some kind of fucking certainty that you were going? Oh, to be, I mean, I mean, he's he's got like, shoe contracts I, and stuff, but he. I, I think I think he's absolutely no knows that they either have to trade him or sign him to that extension. Like he he knows he's getting paid. Yeah, and he can just—he's just basically. Sitting he knows out he'll and going, squeeze well, a deal out of someone, even if he is half cropped. Yeah, that's right, because he's—he's he's too talented. Like, so that you know, the the question is, how much of the farm are the Knicks going to give up to to take the risk on him? Because they're the classic side, like that you can absolutely see them going. We'll give you, you know, more more than the Clippers gave for Kawhi or for Paul George. It was technically for Paul George, but really it was for Kawhi. Yeah. What was that like? Four first round picks and three swaps or something. It was everything. Like, it was shares yeah, of Microsoft. The, it was <laughs> like the, it was the a, Knicks will absolutely give that up, and then if Zion never fucking uh, Steve Ballmer bobbleheads, yeah, they're if not actually Zion, intended to be bobbleheads, but any kind of Steve Ballmer dollar is a bubble is a bobblehead just because of his natural magnetism. Look, if Zion never never ever plays more than thirty games in a season, that will just be that will kill the Knicks for forever. Well, what's he played in three years so far? He, 80, 87 games. I was going to say it's less than like ninety. That. Yeah, yeah. It's it's only, it's only eight, barely a season's worth of games. So because he's a big dude with with foot issues and knee issues, and it, and, and, and it's you know, very unusual. And heart issues. There, I said it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very unusual for an ex player that close to having played, JJ especially Redick. especially someone like JJ Redick, who absolutely. You, like you, you could not say he is a shill for the Pelicans. He does not like David no, Griffin. One, he's not happy with them at all. And, and he's a he's an ex Duke guy, like um, like Zion. Yeah, and he's represented by the same people as Zion. And he went in on Zion and said he was a shit teammate then, and he's a shit teammate now. And yeah. I tried to bring this up with him, and he was like, uh, yeah, the, the only parallel between him and Simmons, because like a few people have sort of raised the 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 parallels. And the difference between Simmons is Simmons was like. I will not. I believe in my uh, stance so much. I am willing to give up twenty million dollars. I'm going to pile a huge amount of money, a huge amount of cash in a pile, KLF style, and set it on fire. Yeah. Whereas Zion's like, I'm going to be, you know, this asshole, but I'm also still going to get paid. Yeah. And, um, well, but that's also because the the Pelicans were a softer. They've got a softer underbelly, you know. Whereas the Sixers, you know, I, th- I think it's more to do with the, the, the sort of people who own it. I mean, the Sixers were owned by venture capitalists and, and their GM is Daryl Morey, whereas um, the Pelicans are, uh, are owned by a family who are more interested in their football team. Well, and their, their, yeah. manager, their, their GM is a, a guy who's, you know, desperately trying not to lose uh, another job. But I want, like, so as a bit more of a, a broad... Um, NBA issue, right? Young players now are smarter than they've ever been, right? You don't see many young players like develop cocaine habits, or you, you know, you look at someone like Jar Morant. So, I mean, no, no, but, but did, I'm more, it wouldn't matter. But but I'm more talking about players like players are much more professional and come in much more prepared into the league. And the, and the thing that Simmons and Zion have in common is it doesn't really look like they got there. Support staff really 
uh, well picked. Well, no, they just surrounded themselves with people who agreed with them, which is, you know, that that's, you know, Valentino Rossi did that too, and it just seemed to work out for him. He also had an excellent, you know, pit crew who mm. he was given by Honda, who were Mick Dillon's old people, and they, I think, were probably more responsible for him being, you know, keeping his head on straight than, you know, the entourage that he built around himself. But I suppose the other thing with that, that unites Simmons and Williamson, Zion, it's amazing to think he has a surname. Uh, he's a bit like Chardet or somebody who doesn't actually have a surname. Is that not both of them have been put in a position where they're expected to lead, and neither of them are leaders? No. And I think that's, that's, that's kind of the thing. I mean, that thing where, where CJ McCollum raised the idea that, you know, I, I was kind of expecting to talk to him at some stage when I got moved here, and everyone was kind of launching into Zion and saying, that's, that's not the sign of a leader. You know, you need to communicate these things. The, for him, that might just might not seem like a thing that he would do or could do or or would even, would it even occur to him to do. Yeah, and the same thing. And that's why I was kind of impressed with Ben uh, Ben Simmons actually did reach out and do that kind of, you know, star leader shit and, and talk to, you know, contacted your, your KDs and your, and your Paddy Mills and, and whoever else and yeah, Sean, Marks Sean Marks and stuff. Yeah, yep. and sort of made those connections and said, look, yeah, I'm ready, I'm coming, I'm doing this and I'm preparing and... and he actually thought, and I don't know whether somebody was in his ear saying, maybe his dad was in his ear saying, you should probably do that. Nobody is in Zion's ear telling him to do that, and it doesn't seem to occur to him to do it himself. It's, it's funny. I've been, um, I've been watching a bit of Kipchoge. I don't know if you know who Kipchoge is, but he's, no, the, he's the star marathon runner. He's the guy that yeah, first guy that broke two hours. Oh, yeah, yeah, the Ineos dude. And, and like... You know, you could not think of a more individual I mean, sport than technically marathon Technically, the Ineos dude is Jim Ratcliffe, the, the guy who started Ineos. Yeah. But, but who you could also not, owns you, part of Mercedes F1 and was, was started on the pit wall at, at Barcelona testing in a pair of white slacks that were completely inadvisable. But, but do you go on. Like, like, you couldn't think of a more individual sport, right, than marathon running. But... Well, yes and watched- no. I mean, I mean, without your paces and your support crew, you're nothing. You're nothing. It's, it's you know, it's... Mm. But but I'm I'm more talking about attitude, right? Like when it, when it comes to when the hammer hits the the road, it's it's like it's in your head. It's like a it, why is the hammer not... hitting the road? Did did something did like the toolbox <laughs> burst open on the back of the Hilux? Or? But, but his attitude towards like he 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 does treat marathon running like a team exercise. Like you know, it's this huge team behind him that. That helps him get to Reddit. Well, and yeah, that's Zion- why I raised the Ineos thing because I don't know whether you saw any of that Ineos sponsored bid for the the record. Yeah. There was a massive team around him, and there were paces and paces and paces and all this sort of shit. It was very clear that this was not one man against the fucking the world. This was yeah. an entire team, very well funded, with with Jim Ratcliffe's fucking stupid badge on them, going out together to try and you know this is much of a team effort as any other Ineos sponsored team event. Like their cycling team, or or Mercedes Formula One, or Ben Ainsley's boat sailing shit, or whatever, or the Nice Football yeah. Club. Whereas Zion just seems like he's treating basketball like it's a solo sport, like it's it's just him, and he hasn't got any team, or he hasn't got anything. Like there was a, a well, really he's only interesting... got one name. Of course, he sees himself as a, as a singularity. <laughs> um, there was a uh, now I, I hate to um. I hate to give Bogut a, a positive story here, but... No, you don't. Um, the, you're, you're the Ethan Sherwood Strauss of podcasting. <laughs> there was a really interesting story about Clay Thompson from not, obviously not the last Olympics, the Olympics before. And so um, Bogut ran into into Clay in the, in the Olympics village after a game and he's like, oh, 
hey, Clay, what are you doing here? And he's like, oh, you know, just, you know, we're not staying in the Olympics village, but I thought I'd come and have a look and see what's happening. And he's like, oh, you know, cool. Do you want to come back to the to the Australian part of the camp and or the village and, and you know, see what, you know, where we're staying, what it's like? He's like, yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. So he comes back, sh- shows him the rooms and they're sitting there chatting for a while and Bogut's like, oh, I've got to take, you know, got to go do some stuff. And he's like, two hours later, I come downstairs and there's a table tennis uh like table in the middle of the you know the the eating room the dining area and here's clay playing table tennis with a couple of uh rowers and gymnastics people from from the australian team he just hadn't left he's just like oh this is fucking cool well, that's because they, they, they weren't getting any of that that fucking yeah that, that's the thing is clay's the sort of person who seeks out experiences and i mean he owns a boat he just fucks about on his boat but, um, but that that's exactly what I'm talking about. That that is the the antithesis of Zion. Zion does but not want to have those experiences. Of everyone, you're not going to find very <laughs> yeah. many NBA players who will have that kind of. Um, I mean, because when I heard Clay had got himself a boat and just go sailing around on the boat with his dog, I thought that's the most fucking Clay shit I can imagine, because he is <laughs> totally un. You know, in a very real sense, he's un, he's untethered and unmoored from. Yeah any of the regular shit that goes on in the heads of NBA players. It's just not any shit that bothers him. It's just not – these are not concerns he has, and that's why he's such a, a – you know, he has the, the talent of somebody who should be a superstar, but the mentality of someone who is entirely happy to go with the flow and fit in with other people and, and just go into experiences and see what he can get from them. But but I think the funny thing about Clay is everyone looks at that and assumes that he's not that competitive, and that dude is like – hyper hyper fucking competitive and remembers every fucking thing that every person has ever said like for such a chill dude he's like he's got a touch of the draymonds in him as well like he's very chill off the court and then i think he he still has that um uh what's that not the not the Kyrie irrational confidence but that uh, that that same thing that draymond has where he remembers he remembers everything you know the the motivation no matter how slight, is always in the back of his memory mind. of an elephant. Yeah. Um, does it suck that Kyrie was going to turn out to be right? That he could just wait out all this shit he didn't have to get vaccinated. This is the problem. There's so many people who yeah. have made bad, stupid, and horrible decisions, and they're going to be rewarded for it. And you've almost just got to go, yeah, fuck it. Life is, is that isn't that isn't that life though? Yeah, like, that happens all the time. Like yeah. I, I'd like to get angry about it, but there's. Such worse examples in politics and well, other and, I mean, and media but and it's other a areas. Microcosm, isn't it? Kyrie, Ben Simmons, James Harden, all these people behaved generally appallingly, and they are yeah. all going to get what they want. Daryl Morey, they all they're going to get what they want, and but, that but how many, sucks. That means but, won't somebody think of the children? What are we trying to teach our children? Just be a complete cunt, and you'll get what you want. But how many times have you seen that in a work situation, right? Where someone's just absolutely never because I'm the cunt and I never get what I want. <laughs> uh, fair enough, fair enough. Um, have we got any other NBA content? Well, I was going to say, it's spe- been a slow speaking week. of cunts, the the tweet I was most proud of about a week ago has been ruined because I think I tweeted something like, "What's the difference between James Harden and the South African cricket team? The South Africans don't travel." Um, but they're playing reasonably well today, whereas previously they were getting out for fuck all. So it wasn't as good a joke as I thought it was. That that South African team is a little bit funny in that a whole heap of the senior, very good players either pissed off to play in England or 
retired for racism. <laughs> retired for, I'm not taking the knee, you fucking bastards. Kind of reasons. And I'm going to take the cash in the IPL. I'm not taking the fucking knee, bro. It's almost like the young guys have gone, well, we're actually fucking glad you guys have gone. Now we yeah. can play some cricket. But they are like three for 240-odd on the first day of the second test in Christchurch. I don't think they made 240 collectively in the, both of their bats. Yeah. In the, in the first thing, they got absolutely fucking pollaxed. It, I find it really interesting in cricket watching, like, seeing young talent emerge. Like, I can remember when when uh, McCullum took over New Zealand and it was such a- You know what? A- As an old person, I'm sick of seeing young talent emerge. I, I want to see <laughs> old talent persist. <laughs> Fuck young people. So what you're saying is you just wasted on them. You, you're a Steve. You're a. You just want Steve War to come back. Is that what you're saying? I just, I just, I just don't want to be reminded that I'm dying. The time <laughs> is is ebbing away from me. Oh dear. Hey, I, I, I beat a bunch of under under thirty year olds at the gym this week in a in a <laughs> little thing. Thirty year olds is a hell of a qualifier. Like that's young people. Well, I felt pretty washed at twenty nine. When you're forty four, under thirties is a massive gap. So, anyway. meanwhile, fifteen-year-olds are competing for Olympic medals. Yeah, that's generally true. off their chops on something that the Russians have injected them with. Big week for Russia. <sighs> Very positive PR week. They must be thrilled with that one. Anyway. Look, is is any sporting is like is any sporting? Uh, um, is, is anything not going to be polluted by? Trying to clean the fucking Russians out of it, you know, like is is UEFA or or the World Cup or the fo- UEFA just had to pull the Champions League final out of Saint Petersburg because that's fucked. Um, F one are under super pressure to cancel the the Russian Grand Prix, and Sebastian Vettel, who might be the only principal band in the fucking Formula One, has said, "I'm not fucking going. If it's if it's happening, fucking leave me out. I'm not going." Uh, which it's is really, which is cool. It's real. It's really funny to see the the like some of the spoilt brats of Formula One stand up for gay rights and, and political oh, yeah. causes. Lewis Hamilton just rocks. Is absolutely rocking that. Hamilton and Vettel and Ricardo have been really, really good on that sort of stuff. Particularly, I mean, Vettel. Vettel was a spoilt brat in the Red Bull system. You know, in in the late noughties, early. Early teens, I suppose you would call the decades, but he's really developed. You know, you know the kind of guy who you could set your moral compass by. He's just a really good, solid, sensible fucking dude, and he's yep. just like, no, this is fucking bullshit. And he's very much happy to use his, his, you know, I'm a four time world champion badge, just saying, look, this is bullshit, and we can't fucking have it. Yeah, I, like I, I don't think you should assume that a person like a little bit like Ricky Ponting, right, who now is this. Thoughtful commentator and coach. Yes, he's, when your abiding memory of him is is with two black eyes yeah. after being having the snot beaten out of him outside the Bourbon and beefsteak. Yeah, when he was what nineteen. Yeah, like, and, and we're all marked by you know. The, I mean, that was fucking. That was that was a, that was a lifetime ago. It was twenty five years ago. Plus, like. So, some people are pricks all their life. I'm not going to deny that, but other people guilty take, as charged. <laughs> take the hits and actually learn from it, like. That's, Fuck that. that's, isn't that what you want? Isn't it what you want a little bit of growth? Um, Eric? Anyway. Junior or senior? Probably senior because junior turned yeah. out to be a fucking flute. Mm. Anyway, I'm really keen to talk about some music. Shall we Shall we put a pin in it and come back? We'll put a pin in it and watch it slowly deflate. <laughs> Lovely.
lovely to be back on the Balls Podcast. It was lovely to have you. And, um, yeah, we'll be back next week. Uh, that was the Balls Podcast. I was me and he was him, and uh, we'll do this again some other time. Good night to you. Gary has absolutely no idea what has happened to it. Still doesn't know. It was almost like LeBron knew that we were going to have a week of just nothing because <laughs> I don't know. That was just, it's just really weird how much he wants to own the narrative. Well, a lot of people have pointed out it's because, I mean, LeBron got a lovely reception back in Cleveland, which you wouldn't necessarily expect it. But then Michael Jordan flies in on his fucking jet from Daytona where, he, where, he's, where he's real fucking focus is now because he's a part owner of a, of, a, of a NASCAR team. He flies in. He's off his chops on his own tequila. He rocks up. He gets announced last and gets an ovation 10 times bigger than LeBron yeah. gets in his own home, not quite home city, but, you know, 45 minutes from his home city. And I don't know why for to LeBron it matters quite so much to be the, the greatest of all time, but he's not going to be. It wouldn't matter. It doesn't matter what he does in terms of points or records or even if he got more championships than Michael Jordan. I mean, Bill Russell's got more championships than Michael Jordan. It doesn't matter because Michael Jordan has that narrative. He has yep. that. He, he was and the the biggest. He was the biggest guy in the league at the time when the league was becoming the most important. That it, I mean, the league's is you know bigger now than it was in the nineties, but the league became. It, it was like it's a little bit like the guys who were the stars of World Series Cup cricket when that evolved. It's like they're going to have a bigger. Uh, their names, the headline names, are going to be bigger on the fucking on the stanchion than than the guys who were big now, just because they were big when this was big. The I've just the seen interesting thing. The interesting thing, right, is Curry, right? Who? Yes, it, Musselman it, it almost, is a good one. It, it almost seems tricks. like it almost seems like LeBron's a little bit jealous of Curry because Curry exists in this space where he just gets to be him. He gets to be this yeah. awesome player. He's got no pressure to be Jordan. Nobody has ever called him the next Jordan, whereas LeBron no. has lived with that since he was probably, you know, 14. So he gets to be this incredibly popular, game-changing player, but he then doesn't have the pressure on him to be the next Jordan. No. And I think LeBron is actually a little bit jealous of that. He's like, Oh, for sure. But <laughs> nobody has to be the next Jordan anymore. I mean, and that was the problem, that everybody in that immediate period – after after Jordan was going to be the next Jordan, and so many yeah. of them got cooked by it, and it was you know it's and, and the worst thing was that Kobe but that's, that's a generational Co- thing, and, and that's Co- the other thing is that he, he tried to move to you know you're about probably about to say mm-hmm. he, he tried to move to LA, which is a town that he'll never own because Kobe no. owns it, despite Kobe being the kind of reprehensible uh, individual that, that we've long described him as. And, and Kobe was the, the thing with Kobe is he was never talented as Jordan and LeBron. He was a psychopath that got every last little bit out of his body and his talent, but he was never on the t- the talent level of those guys. Yeah. If he if if he'd had the talent level of LeBron, he would be Jordan, but he wasn't because he just well he wasn't that talented. He was just yeah. a guy that maximized every fucking bit of his what he. Which had. is not to say he was a muppet, but no, you know, no. he was. He was in, if you looked on the sliders if, on fucking NBA two K, yeah, talent is all, not at ninety nine. No, but no. but fucking will to win is at 196 out of 100. Yeah, uh, all right, I'm going to get a whiskey. Let's come yep. back and talk tunes. Your will to get drunk is is on 99.9. <laughs>